Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hi, I'm Hadley Keith Manning, Director of Policy for Independent Women's Forum and your host for today's Working for Women podcast. I'm joined by our president, Carrie Lucas, and we're going to be talking about the um, status of college in the United States and uh, some of the concerns that parents have when it comes to paying for college and the concerns that students have um, in terms of that value judgment that they have to make about where to study, what to study, and what to do after they're done. So, Carrie, thanks for, for being my guest and joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for talking to me about this, Hadley. It's such an important topic. It's important. It's an important policy issue, but it's a very personal issue for a lot of families. You know this. I'm expecting my second child soon. And with my first child, as soon as she was born, we started an education savings account. We started thinking about you know that, that future that we hope for her, that um, she'll be able to get the education that she wants. And of course, with our son, we hope the, the same thing. But we know that paying for college uh, can be a worry for a lot of families. And uh, you recently wrote an article about this that seemed to indicate that there's some good news, that maybe there will be some changes or some disruption in the market for higher education. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, you know, it, it really is an interesting time because um, college costs have been going up uh, for decades at, you know, just a breakneck speed, uh, pace. And a lot of people have said, you know, gosh, you know, what are we, um, you know, how are we going to afford this? People are obviously taking out a tremendous amount of, of loans um, to pay for their own schooling or to pay for their children's schooling. Um, so it has been um, uh, been a, a big problem for a lot of people. And you know, I don't want to give anyone any false hope. I don't think that college costs are about to come crashing down. But it's interesting to see some of the trends that are, are occurring, uh, which may be a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and what I wrote about was um, there was a recent um, study that was uh, published or kind of highlighted in the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal that was looking at, um, at enrollment data for a variety of colleges. And what they were finding is that for the first time, um, uh, some of the um, lower performing colleges uh, are getting fewer people to enroll and attend. And um, you know, this is this is a reversal. There had for a long time, even colleges that didn't seem to be providing a tremendous amount of value to students continued to have a lot of customers banging down their door. Um, and that's starting to change. And I, you know, I think that's the beginning of a really important um, moment where we might actually see uh, some colleges starting to have to to close their doors or find a new way to provide value to start competing on price or competing on the the, um, the benefits they provide students. So I, I consider this um, encouraging. Yeah, it is an interesting marketplace. You know, I think there's a lot of debate about how much government should be involved in education and um, the paying for it. I know a lot of different countries have different policies in the United States in terms of, you know, college should be free for everyone or, or you know, what is the what is the price for college? And that's such a subjective decision, I feel like, for every person and for every family. Um, and it depends on what, you know, what kind of institution they're attending and what the quality of the education is there. And of course, a lot of the, the information that you want as a prospective student or prospective family is uh, how many of your, you know, how many of your students graduate and how many of them go on to jobs where they're earning good money and so getting that data um, and, and having the ability to make those decisions, I think, is going to be a big part of the shift in the future. Um, but it is yeah. really, it's kind of sad, I think, sometimes to hear about colleges 
closing their doors or, or going out of business because yeah. it might sound like that, that that's, you know, foreclosed upon opportunity for some students that might have attended there. Um, so what does that mean when a college says, hey, we're going out of business, we can't attract students? I mean, is that really sad news? Is that something that we should be concerned about um, in terms yeah. of educating our, our workforce in the United States? You yeah, you know, it's interesting because I definitely think that that, um, that there is, I'm sure for people who are uh, graduates of any school, they think they're, they're horrified at the thought of their college um, having to, to close down. But it's actually an incredibly important process. The way that the market works and weeds out winners from losers and, and makes it so everything becomes more efficient is that if you're not performing, then you gotta, you're going to be shut down. And um, so that new um, so that we can concentrate our resources on better performing um, uh, um, providers. So it's actually, you know, I think it's, it's incredibly good news to think of, of some um, colleges um, being forced to close down or to reform. And again, you know, you were talking, Hadley, it's such an important thing, like what is the value that a college education is providing? And I think that, that the sad thing that is that, you know, two, um, you know, a decade or two ago, I don't feel like there was much conversation about that. There was this sense that you went to college because you went to college and you needed a degree to get a good job. Um, but it really was more of just kind of the thing you did um, and what actually happened at college uh, didn't matter that much. And there's some really kind of horrifying studies that show that kids don't learn all that much when they're in college, which is, you know, you're thinking about all the money people are putting in there. Um, that it's really a shame if you're really just doing that for a piece of paper. And I think now people are starting to get a little more savvy and say, gosh, you know, I don't need to spend a hundred thousand bucks so that I can walk away with a piece of paper and not learn anything. There has to be better options. And in fact, you know, as, as some come, as some kind of traditional colleges, overpriced traditional colleges, which aren't providing value, as they start to lose um, customers and students, there are new entities that are coming forward and offering kind of new paradigms and new approaches to education. And I think that's where it's really exciting to think that, that things might truly be improving. Yeah, you know, what is uh, kind of scary or disappointing is that sometimes the stance from Washington, D.C., or even from, from states, when they look at industries or businesses that seem to be failing, it seems like their position is, well, we've got to bail this, we got to bail them out. You know, that's true in, in healthcare or health insurance, or, you know, might be a temptation when it comes to education as well, because I do think that you're right, the traditional attitude towards colleges, this is just a thing you got to do, and it's a thing you got to have um, without um, a lot of analysis about, hey, what does this really mean um, in terms of cost benefit? And so I think that the, the new world where people are really considering the cost benefit and where providers are finding new ways to deliver the actual education and skills that people need, you know, without some of the traditional um, very high costs, I think that's a really exciting uh, innovation and exciting development, especially for, for new parents like me, um, because I think, well, they, they have a, a few more years to work it out before my babies <laughs> go off to college. Um, but, should, you know, I think one piece of skepticism that a lot of people have, um, you know, as traditional colleges, um, you know, that don't keep up the pace in terms of innovating and offering new ways forward as they leave the market, you know, what will replace them? And I also think that there's a skepticism towards um, some of the companies that are that are the cutting edge of providing new paradigms in, in education um, that some of them are for profit. And that seems to rub people the wrong way sometimes because they think, oh, education shouldn't be a, a for-profit business, right? Um, so what do you have to say about that? I mean, are, are, is the traditional way of learning uh, and sort of this like ivory tower traditional 
college going to be replaced with a, you know, a cutthroat um, <laughs> system of you know, taking advantage of students because the, the words for profit are, are thrown in there? Yeah, you know, I, I think that there are, I think it's kind of funny that people do get really uncomfortable with this idea of there being for-profit educators. But in fact, you know, I think that um, the very fact that, that people are trying to make a business out of education, uh, I think it's actually comforting. Um, I think businesses usually have a much better sense of there being, having to compete on price, to compete to provide value, and to really be kind of approaching things fresh. I think one of the problems we've experienced it, experienced. Um, before you know, as uh, before these new entries have started started is there's been a captive market. If you're a college or university, um, especially the state like a state-based school that ha- is subsidized by taxpayers, you know, they get a lot of people who um, have a lot of resources that are basically just handed over to them, and um, and there wasn't a sense that they had any concern that they'd be going out of business or losing funds. They just they were kind of could print money regardless of what they were doing for students. So. Um, and it's really interesting when you think of like some of the for-profit providers that are getting out there, some of them are providing, you are, have a totally different approach to education. Instead of saying, hey, you know, come and you can sleep at this, you know, fancy facility and take some classes, they say, you know, here you go, here's a 12-week boot camp and you can, you're going to be able to walk out of this um, learning um, code. Um, there's these things that I find really interesting called coding camps where it's a basically um, a three-month crash course in how to do some um, coding on computers. And then at the end of this, there's a lot of companies that have actually worked with to design these programs um, so that they can fill jobs that actually exist and then kind of to help people take it to the next level. I mean, goodness, what a, what a wonderful, you know, if you spend, if these things cost more, a few thousand dollars, um, but then really have the potential to put somebody on a, a new career path, gosh, that's a real great value. Um, and then some of these other for-profit colleges um, that provide different types of, of um, accredit- accreditation for things like you know, learning different, um, uh, you know, being a medical technician, um, being, uh, you know, providing other kind of more um, hands-on tasks. It's instead of a liberal arts degree, it's something that's much more focused. You know, I think there's some snobbery that there's some people who kind of like say, oh, you know, everyone should know the grand masters when it comes to literature and things like that. And, you know, I think that stuff's great, but it isn't for everybody, and it certainly isn't for everybody at a cost of um, you know, tens of, of uh, tens of thousands of dollars to to go to a a four year college. I think it's wonderful to have um, these disruptors coming in and saying, "I can teach you what you need, so you can get a good job," and trying to really um, uh, correct the mismatch. We know one of the things that's so frustrating today is there's um, you um, your job our unemployment rate is dropping, which is a great great thing. There's a lot of company out there who say, I wish I could find people who had these skills, but they're tr- struggling to find um, people to fill some some jobs. So this can if this can help address that, that's wonderful for our economy, and it's certainly wonderful. And most important importantly, it's wonderful for the people um, who can who can you know, have much more fulfilling careers moving forward at a lower price. Right, and maybe without the burden of student loans following them throughout the next decades of their life. I know far too many people uh, exactly. in my generation who are still in that boat. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, hard to, it's hard to raise kids of your own and save for their education if you're still paying off your own education. And, and we know we know a thing or two about that. <laughs> well, Carrie, thank you so much for uh, being our guest for today's Working for Women podcast. I want to encourage our listeners, if you liked this podcast, then please share it with your family and friends. Share it on social media. You can follow IWF 
on Twitter at IWF, and you can visit our website, IWF.org. Thanks so much, Carrie, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.